pandemic got us into a reflective space and made us look inward to see what we can do for the world at large. As a self-expression coach, I became a catalyst for women and started Vani, a one-on-one -on -one coaching program for women on finding their voice, to speak up, to be visible. As a storyteller, I spotted there were many ordinary people amongst us leading extraordinary lives, making a difference to the world, and they needed to be heard. Thus was born You and I with Rashmi Shetty, where amazing personal journeys with their uniqueness and individuality are showcased. A reaffirmation of the fact, open your eyes wider, the world is far more beautiful when we acknowledge the presence of both you and I. guest today is the absolutely amazing Jayshree Rathan, co-founder of Saisha India Foundation, a Mumbai-based charitable organization founded along with her husband, Mr. Kumar Rathan. After resigning from her banking service, Jayshree came across the Knitted Knockers site on her visit to the US, a visit to a relative then on who had undergone mastectomy and gifting her a pair of knockers. It was the feedback that made Jayshree start Saisha on March 13, 2018. Today, Saisha India is registered with Washington State KnittedKnockers.org of USA as one of the providers of 100% cotton breast prosthesis for mastectomy patients lovingly called knockers in India. They follow the patterns and processes of the KnittedKnockers.org of USA and the knockers are provided free of cost, including postage. With her team of nearly 400 volunteers, the feedback received by Saisha from the beneficiaries indicate high level of satisfaction, especially relating to restoration of confidence, lightweight, easy to maintain, etc. Listen in as Jayshree shares her meaningful journey with Saisha, which also does beanies for little children in the pediatric cancer wards. Her passion, her stories, and her journey is truly divine intervention she believes. Hi Jayshree, a year waiting for your date and finally I'm super excited that we just randomly happened to reply to each other on WhatsApp and this is happening. Welcome to you and I with Rashmi Shed. Thank you Rashmi. It's been, as you said, it's been a year and as it was really very random you happen to have the same name as one of my volunteers. And I just said, wow, what has Rashmi sent me a message now for? And it happened to be you. I'm really glad. And, oh my God, you. Rashmi again. <laughs> yeah. one, of, one of those times, you know, I'm really thankful that my parents and God decided my name to be Rashmi. <laughs> and things happen only when they should, when they have to. Yeah. So we made an effort a year ago and we just connected a year later. That's perfectly all right. Yes. Now, my connection with you, uh, Jeshri, is very random. It is an article I read about you on the Better India platform, and then I got in touch with you. Your journey is fascinating, inspirational, and amazing, to say the least. But that is who you are today, Jeshri Ratan, as the world knows you. But what's little Jeshri like? Because the very first time I spoke to you on the phone, you sounded so full of life, positivity, and energy. Was little Jeshree also a very positive girl? She was a very positive girl, and she was a rebel in many ways. <laughs> I would never take no for an answer. I grew up all over the country mm -hmm. because my dad was in the Post and Telegraphs, and we used to get a chance for every two years, two to three years, or even a year. So I've done my schooling in seven schools, all over the country, yeah. We would be north, south, east, west, wherever he posted us, uh, we would go. And mm -hmm. uh, I've always been educated in, in the convent school in those days because uh, that was easy to, maybe the language would not be a problem. Mm -hmm. And uh, admissions were based basically not on your marks or your entrance exam or any such thing. It used to be a character certificate. Mm -hmm. And you know, the nuns are really very strict when it comes to that. So. It was easy for us. We never had a problem in getting admissions. 
I know it's not possible to do that now. You can't do it every two years, but we did that. Um, we are siblings, we are three of us. I have an older brother and I have a younger sister. My older brother is in, is in uh, Tamil Nadu. My younger sister is in Dallas in USA. And we've all been moving around. My parents were really out of the box. My mother was an out of the box thinker. So I think we had the best of all that we could get. And as you progressed, how were you in school? A topper, uh, average, above average? What did you move into? Science, commerce, arts? Uh, did you in school, I was one who always liked to have fun. I always enjoyed, I, my only, the only criteria my parents told us was, of course, we could never fail, right? We could never fail. And both of my parents, we are all math, they're all math geniuses. So the only condition was I should get a center in mathematics. That's it. Anything else is okay. Everything else is fine and no failure. And we should come within the first 10 ranks. We used to have ranks in those days. And well, I used to come somewhere between seven and 10. I was happy with it. I used to get my center in mathematics, which was a mandatory for the family. And uh, yeah, I enjoyed life. I have, uh, my sister on the other hand, believed in getting a center in everything. And she believed in being a topper. And if she did not come first, she would be crying. But I would say, no, I'm happy with this. Nine to, one to nine was a rank that you could get and sent him in mathematics. And I'm happy. I finished my schooling in Kamal Convent, Delhi. I wanted to do medicine, but it was not possible in those days because of, uh, of the reservations that was going on. So I landed up doing economics from Etheraj College in Chennai. I <laughs> real change from what I wanted to do. But yes, it was the, the, those days we didn't have an option of commerce for, uh, for the women. There was only other economics, history, literature, something like that. Mm -hmm. I did economics. I did my MA in economics from Etheraj. Like, as I said, I'm, I'm a person who's interested in learning a lot and doing different things. So I have juggled between jobs. I have juggled, I have done my BA while on work. I've done a IATA training too. I have done. Okay. So teacher, everything oh yeah everything and but i never took up a job in travel and tourism because i quit i was working as a banker in the clerical side as soon as i got married which was again you know i had to really juggle between family commitments and things and join the bank and work i managed to work and uh, i quit after about 18 years because i didn't get my transfers that were needed for my husband was also happened to be in the bank and he used to be transferred every two years so we had the children, my two boys have also grown up in different schools. So mm -hmm. we have been, we've been well exposed to, I think, all sorts of cultures that way. It has helped us. When I quit my job, I did a lot of things. I did marketing. I did Tupperware. I've done, yeah, you name it, I have done it. I'm happy in whatever I did. I have no regrets. Yeah, you, you come across as that <laughs> right person, you know, wherever you put in, thanks to the childhood and the exposure in childhood. I think adapting anywhere came in very easy yes, and flexibility of mindsets was very, very uh, crucial in helping you adjust because here comes the Jayashree Ratan of today. Now you were doing all of this, you quit your job, then you did so many other things. Where and how was Saisha born? What prompted you? I wouldn't keep quiet at home. Even when I quit my job, as I said, a banker's job. I was always doing something. For four years, I even had a play school at home. So, you know, I'm a person who can never sit not doing anything. I traveled a lot to, in, to the US. I'm there for nearly six to eight months in a year, mostly. From 2008, I think I've been coming every year. And in some around about 2015, 16, and whenever I come, there's a lot of time on hand. You don't know what to do. And uh, I knew knitting as a child. I have done knitting, not much, but just basics I have learned and all that. Browsing, I came across this amigurumi, which is a form of crochet art form where you make miniature dolls and things like that. So this was fascinating because when you travel a lot, you can't gather stuff, you know, keeping it in a place is different. Earlier, I have done soft toys also on my own. I, I pick up everything on my own. I'm a do-it-yourself. I've done a lot of soft toys, which I've gifted away. So the amigurumi was something. I said, it's small. Maybe it's easier to keep it. Hold on to it. That got me curious. And I went into, uh, I got into the YouTube and checked it out. And I learned to crochet. That is when I learned to crochet. Maybe around about 2010 or 11, I learned to crochet. And amigurumi, I did a lot of amigurumi toys which I've given away. I don't have any of them with me. I, I have great pleasure in doing something and giving it away. I don't necessarily want to hold on to it because I feel I can always make one if I want to. And I love giving it away. And uh, many people have asked me, why is it you give away everything? You don't. I said, the joy is in making it and in giving it away. That gives me a chance to make something new again. 
right? You asked me to commercialize it. I've been asked to commercialize. I said, I will not because instead of making 50 lions and 50 tigers of the same sort, it's very boring. I don't want to do that. So I'm that sort of a person. And that's when I started this. And um, one of the times when I was browsing, I just, I when I'm here, when I'm in the US, I do some charity like, like knitting and crochet is something you like to give away to hospitals and children. I came across one such link, which is called Knockers, Charity Knockers. And I said, Knockers, charity, what sort of charity is that giving knockers to people? Uh, so that's when I went in and I saw there was a website called knittedknockers.org. They're based at Washington State in um, Bellingham. And uh, it was a very interesting concept. They were giving out these knockers for breast cancer survivors and they were doing it free. That's another very nice thing, but doing it free is not easy. You know, that's, there's only that much I can do. I did make a couple and I sent it across to them. And I mean, as usual, they sent us thank you letter. That is what they do. Then I came away to India. When I was back in one of my trips, I was back in India, August of uh, 2017. I came back to India. And in December, I had a relative of mine who'd undergone mastectomy. And I went and visited her. And, you know, because she was communicating she was able to we were I was able to talk to her I just asked her out of curiosity I said something a personal question what do you use in this place in the place of the breast you've lost she said nothing I roll up a handkerchief or I roll up a dupatta and I keep it in the bra then I remembered that I had talked about I had seen the knockers right I said I have the US they have something called the knockers would you like to try it out if I make one and give it to you she said okay because she didn't know what it was and I couldn't explain it to her at her home. So I came home and I believe the Saisha, I was destined into Saisha by whatever powers are there in the universe because after December, I completely forgot of it. Just passed my, just slipped my mind. Like our meeting slipped. It was about three, three months and I was due to come back in March to the US. Suddenly I remembered, oh my God, I had promised her the doctors and I haven't given them to her. So I quickly made a pair of it and I sent it across. And... Um, she called me back and she was in tears. She said, this is so comfortable. This is so much better than what I'm using. Why don't you give this to so many of the others like me? That was what started it. And uh, and we had already, I was a part of a group which did uh, uh, Guinness records for blankets in 2015. Yeah. I just called a couple of my friends, very close friends who've been friends with me for more than 25, 30 years. And uh, I asked them and they said, yeah, let's try it. It's just like we have a meeting and we're having a, a kitty party and we say, how do you do this? Let's try this hopscotch or something like that. And we tried it. That's how we started the knockers. And of course, I did go online, checked up the knitted knockers and I signed up as their provider in India. And even this name, Saisha, that I got, I wanted an Indian name. My friends told me, let's have knitted knockers India. I said, no, knockers, nobody would understand that. Let's have a name. I selected, I got a name and I Googled, I got Saisha, which said meaningful life. And yeah, th that was the meaning. And until date, if I Google today and ask for Saisha, meaning I don't get that meaning. I don't get it at all. It doesn't say meaningful life at all. But I got it. I got meaningful life on that particular day in March when I Googled. And uh, so I said, Right, this is the name I'm going to have because it makes sense that the women are having a meaningful life even after their cancer. Mm -hmm. So that's how we got in, got Saisha, and that's how Saisha was born on March 13th, 2018. Wow, March 13th, 2000. So a little after Women's Day, you started Saisha. Okay, uh, now when you are describing the knockers, Jeshu, can you do you have uh, the knockers in front of you that you can show us? And uh, okay. Okay, so these, the are, these are unfilled knockers mm -hmm. that we receive from the volunteers. This is a knitted one. Mm -hmm. And these are filled crochet knockers that we get, that we send out to the patients. Okay, and you fill it with? Uh, polyfiber. It's called, see, this is how we do. We just have to do this in the hole at the back. It open out. Oh. It becomes, I generally overfill. <laughs> Because you don't get this folly fiber in the market in a small quantity. You may need to buy a kilo or two. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. This is virgin folly fiber. And we are getting this from uh, Reliance has very generously 
is giving this to us for the last two years. Till then, I was buying it. Okay. But now they're giving it to us free at whichever place in India I want. Oh. It's being delivered. So okay. we buy large quantities of 15, 10 to 15 kilos and store and keep. Okay. Okay. This is how and this pattern of how this needs to be, uh, was it your learning in the first one that you have retained uh, or have you modified this, the pattern? These patterns are available on the Knitted Knockers website. Okay. Knittedknockers.org website as also on our uh, our website. We do have not the pattern, but we have a YouTube link. Hmm. Uh, Saisha India has a YouTube and yes, original pattern is the same. The pattern is the same even today. But okay. there is a slight modification in the way you increase or decrease. That is all we have done. Okay. Uh, modification in the sense, uh, it is something like say 2 plus 2 is 4 as well as 1 plus 3 is 4. Yeah, yeah. It's the same thing. So it's just how you decrease and how you increase. That has given us a, absolutely, uh, there's no ladder on this. Can you see there is no... There are no okay. holes popping out. Yeah. yeah so yeah. which means the fiber will stay in. And this gives a neater finish. And surprisingly, we've been using this for the last three years. Knitted knockers have themselves started using this since a couple of months. Oh. oh. <laughs> yeah, they've started using it. Okay, so which means you did your research when you set out on what exactly needs to be. Now, doesn't it sweat uh, with the, that kind of a fiber there? We, uh, these are all made out of 100% mercerized cotton thread. Okay. See, okay. Because it's knitting and crochet, people think it is acrylic yarn or wool. It isn't. Okay. Because the, we have that uh, general perception is knitting and crochet is wool and wool, sweaters. Yes. No, yeah, yeah. this is cotton, 100% moisturized cotton, and it doesn't sweat. Yes, the fiber will be there, mm -hmm. but in comparison to what is available in the market, it's very negligible and people don't mind. And it's very light. Okay. It's okay. very light. Okay. So, okay, so you gave it to your relative, and uh, that's how it started. But now you are connected to so many NGOs all over the country, and you're doing yeah. such an amazing job with it. How did the connection spread, the word spread? How did you get all of it? And how did you how did you gather your volunteers? How, how did the whole thing come together? Yeah, as I said, it is it is the supreme power. I can tell you the universe has been with me in every step of the way. People will think I am just sort of telling you a story, but it isn't true. Mm -hmm. And uh, people who have been closely connected with me have seen it. For themselves every step of the way like when i started it as i said we started with two volunteers yeah. and we had absolutely no idea what the yarn i had got some yarn a cotton yarn from a source in Pune, and i was using it and yeah we could all make it but uh, because we were all experienced crocheters and knitters we could make it knitters not many only i started knitting because it was easier for me and i had the tools i had the four needles and etc because these tools are now easily available in the market. Five years ago, it wasn't so. We had to really scrounge for the tools. And because I used to travel, I have the tools with me. And um, then uh, we started with absolutely no idea what we are going to do or who we are going to give it to. And each of us made maybe one pair or two pairs, not more than that. We just had it with us, not knowing where we are going to call and what we are going to do. I did purchase the fillers that were used for the toys. Yeah. But then I found the quality... Because I travel, as I said, when I come to the US, I find the quality is different. I felt that quality was not good. That was a recycled fiber that we were getting. Mm -hmm. I wanted original fiber. Mm -hmm. So then, uh, yeah, we didn't know what to do. And what happened was in August of 2018, I think it was August, yeah. These are very particular months for us because most of the things happened in August, September for us. I realized that. Uh, in August, I think it was when I was just going to be returning back to the US, from the US. Uh, I got a call from uh, Dr. Selvi Radhakrishna of the Chennai Breast Center. She was the first doctor who approached us. And oh my God, I was so excited. Imagine a doctor approaching me for knockers, right? She said, uh, I was browsing for my patient. I just asked, I didn't know who she was. Yeah. She introduced herself and I was feeling really top of the world. And she said, I saw your name on the Knitted Knockers site as a provider in India. Uh, so can you provide this for us? I said, uh, 
how many? She said about 50 pairs. I was stunned because 50 pairs at that time in 2018 or August was, I just couldn't make it. But we did, we, the, we had a couple of volunteers who had joined us, uh, sheerly word of mouth. I think must have been about five or six of us. We somehow managed to make those 50 pieces and send it across to her. And, uh, and she was very, very, because fiber, I didn't know what to do. Uh, that's when, I think it was in August, I'm not too sure. Yeah, uh, I, I was looking, because yeah, the order, she had already placed the order with us, require, requirement. And I didn't know what to do for the polyfiber. Because purchasing it in the market, I didn't know how much I needed for each knocker. I wouldn't know what the quantity I wanted. Nothing was, you know, everything was learning on the go. So um, I just Googled and I checked out. My, my husband told me, I said, who makes good fiber? This fiber I want, who will make it? Uh, he told me, maybe you should ask Reliance. I said, Reliance? He said, yeah. They are the only ones I know who make this. Maybe they have the polyfiber too. Believe it or not, I just Googled from the US, I Googled this number. I got the Reliance director marketing. I got his number. And I called him on a VOIP phone. Unbelievable when I tell you this. And do you think the secretary picked up the phone or the director picked up the phone? The director picked up the phone himself. I mean, that was another thing that really put me off. I said, oh my God, this man picked up the phone. And he said, what do you want? I said, I'm so-and-so, so-and-so. I'm Jayashree from Saisha, India. We are doing this for breast cancer survivors. I'd like some polyfiber. I need to purchase some virgin polyfiber for you for the fillings. He said, what is the quality you want and what quantity do you want? I said, I have no idea about the quality because I did go Google and I checked. There were a lot of varieties and I didn't know what it is about it. I said, I'm sorry. You are the expert on that. This is for the cancer patients. It should not be irritating them. And this is going into another product. It will go inside as a filling, like a, like a pillow cover maybe. He said, okay, I'll direct you to one of my distributors. And where do you stay? I stay in Malad. Okay, this guy is in Daisar. He'll help you out. That's it. And uh, I called up that. This is when I was in the US and I came back to India and I called him up. And uh, he said, how much do you need? I didn't know. I said, okay, five kilos. And uh, what is the price? He charged me something. And I said, okay, I'll send you the money. He said, I said, can you deliver it home? Five kilos. He said, yeah, okay, I will deliver it home. Otherwise, I have to go to the Dahisar to pick it up, right? And he comes home and he delivers it. It is a huge gunny bag full of fiber. A gunny bag as tall as maybe three feet and two, two and a half feet, two and a half, two feet in the sink. I said, oh my God, what do I do with so much of fiber? It's five kilos of fiber is so much. I had absolutely no idea. And uh, we finished our thing and we did our, uh, we, we, we sent our uh, this thing to Dr. Selvi and she was very, very happy. And then she said, uh, uh, can you do this every three months? I said, mm, let me try. I said, I won't, I won't commit myself, but yes, I'll, I'll do, will try my best to make it because we needed the volunteers, right? And that is when we really started looking out for volunteers. Yarn was a problem. Yarn is still a problem. We are managing somehow. And see, as I said, uh, and that distributor was supplying every, every four, five months, I used to ask for about five kilos or 10 kilos. How to store this, that's another thing I learned. I store it in bottles, plastic bottles, uh, because when you compress it, it it comes to a smaller quantity. And when you open it up, it goes up. The same way for knockers. If you open this up, it will come out. Uh, and we get calls from our patients saying the knockers are too big. I just say, remove the fiber and keep it. It'll last you better. Uh, but then um, for the last two and a half years or so, that gentleman is sending us the fiber. He doesn't charge me anything. So, mm -hmm. so that is, an, because now we are buying nearly 15 kilos every six weeks. Oh. <laughs> Okay. How yeah. did word spread? Was it social media? How did word spread that you're doing? In we, had, we didn't have any, we had only a, a Facebook page, which one of our volunteers picked up. Hmm. She was a technically qualified person. And you know, I'm zero, just as I asked you questions now. I am not at all that tech savvy. Yes, what I need to do, I learn nothing more. So uh, she was very good. She did manage our Facebook for some time. 
And then um, uh, that was the only thing we had. We had no social media and we did. We were not approached. We didn't go and uh, call up any newspapers or any, any other, what do you call print media either. But I think it just spread word of mouth. And I, I think it's all the divine presence, as I said, it's nothing else. I can't say anything more. Because we are now, it, it really has spread. And yes, we did make a lot of efforts to approach hospitals. I've done a lot of spade work in the initial two years. Uh, I've gone to every hospital I could attend to. And any doctor I went, I used to carry this along with me and show it to them. And they'll say it's very nice. And then we pass on my numbers and we'll get it. And any patient who comes, I ask the patient who the doctor is, get mm -hmm. the contact of the doctor, talk to the doctor if possible. And... Wherever I have got a doctor's name, Rashmi, to be honest, if I put a message that oncologist, however, whatever rank he is, he must be the topmost man, he replies. I mean, this is something unheard of. At least I would never hear a doctor calling you back. Yeah. But I have got doctors replying to my messages within 24 hours. So when we say doctors are too busy, I don't know. Maybe for this, they were not. I don't know. I just have their phone number. I send them a message saying, doctor, I'm Saisha. Jayashri from Saisha. I'd like to talk to you about breast cancer processes free. I get a message back giving me the time when I can call him. So every patient who comes to me, I have asked their doctor's name, the hospital, and we try and approach them either through that or, you know, I just used to Google, get the numbers, try and talk to some contact. You have to put in every you have to put in every way of uh, reaching out. That's how we did. And social media uh, later on, I think after about 2020, social media has really played a major role. A lot of people have come forward asking me to interviewing me just as you did just now. And uh, yeah, and some of the articles have really done well. Like uh, I've got through in Times of India, Malayalam, Malayalam Manorama, Vanita magazine. Uh, you know, and Hindu Dinatandi in Tamil, I think Tandi also something was there, yeah. and Dinam and Dinamalar also. Dinamalar, so yeah. a lot of these, mm -hmm. and yeah, it has helped us. I won't say it doesn't help because when we are out in the media, print media especially, there is immediately a surge of requests. Yeah, it happens. Yeah, uh, but we are now we have steadily gone on to the stage that we are giving out nearly five hundred pieces every month. Oh, and and yeah. uh, now I don't know knitting uh, or crochet. And uh, so for somebody like me, but I want to volunteer, I want to be of some help. So uh, how do I learn it? Is there that YouTube channel that you said that uh, Sanjana has? Yeah, YouTube. We have the volunteers have all, uh, there are a couple of volunteers. I, that's right, uh, the volunteers, there are there's some talent which you never realize you have it. <laughs> and we have to push I've had to push a couple of these volunteers say you can make it because the first initial uh, tutorial I made what happens is we have the tutorial of the knitted knockers but they are too long lengthy and the accent is difficult for them to understand Understand. Yeah. so th there were there were, there were ladies who were saying yes, it's very difficult it's very long they don't realize it is not long I learned so much from those videos of the knitted knockers because those knockers, to make a knocker, the video length is about an hour and something. But there's a lot of talk that goes on between the founder, Barbara Demarest, and the other lady who's doing it. That gives you an insight as to what a knocker is, what are the patient's requirement and all that. Mm -hmm. That is something I found very informative. And I've gone through the, those videos maybe four, five times, ten times. And I learned a lot from that. Mm -hmm. So, But many of our volunteers don't realize that. They importance of learning about the knocker mm -hmm. and its uh, other functions not just knitting and crochet mm -hmm. but uh, so they felt that the video was too long so I made a first video I made for crochet and knitting I did make a video my own trial and error methods got hold of something to hold the camera and you know do that but then uh, later on I have a couple of volunteers who are, who are very good I, who are prepared to try out like me I said they said we'll do it I said, please try out and make videos. And we've got mini videos we made, a series of mini videos for knitting, for crochet. Uh, knitting, there are two types of knitting, on four needles as well as a circular needle. So that also we have made. 
Uh, we have made many videos on those. Tutorials are there. Tutorials on uh, the looping, the final closing is very important. We made it on the looping method. These, uh, uh, and then we've also made uh, an increase and decrease of binoculars at crochet and knitting. A lot of tutorials, we have a good playlist. We have a video tutorials all managed by uh, volunteers and also prepared by volunteers. And uh, we have uh, testimonials from the beneficiaries with their names are masked on it. Hmm. And then we have, we have testimonials from our doctors who have received the knockers and the feedback from them. And all our activities that we've been doing throughout the four or five years, all hmm. that is on YouTube. And I would love all of you to subscribe to Saisha India YouTube because you get a lot of, uh, I get a lot of information you get on that. Definitely. And I will. We also, we also have, sorry, uh, if you know the basics of knitting and crochet, we also do trading of, for the knockers. And this is sort of mandatory. Doesn't matter if you're new to crochet or knitting, even those who do it, we are asking them to attend mandatory classes. We do have. We At the moment, we have on Wednesdays, three to four on Google, on the Google Meet. And there are trainers who train it. We are going to, we approve your knockers before you ask them to be made, ask you to make. We don't take all knockers that are given to us. Uh, so we want to, yeah, we, we are very, very, we've got a set up a, uh, process by which we approve your knockers it's good so you can anybody can learn if you're persevering you can learn okay and uh, even for somebody who doesn't know the basics of knitting or crochet they can go onto your youtube channel and pick the basics yeah. and then because the pattern seems very customized and yes. to get that pattern you need to do a little of uh, homework and practice yes. before you get yes. that yeah, right. that is required and yeah. even if you don't know knitting and crochet i'm sure you can volunteer in many other ways mm -hmm. we need a creating awareness approaching doctors and hospitals mm -hmm. educating patients we need we need people for every and any field that we do we have realized mm -hmm. that we are welcoming other volunteers uh, who don't know knitting and crochet but yes they can help us in any other way like we have we have now started a filling session in chennai where we have 20 of our volunteers gathering to fill the knockers because when we dispatch, um, we need fill knockers. Yeah, we don't yeah. have any paid staff at all. Yeah, but everybody. How, how do you, okay, the, the fillers are free, but what about the yarn? You pay for that, right? How do you sustain the volunteers, the volunteers buy the yarn, okay. make the knockers and send it to us. We have a, two, two collection points when they send it to us. Okay. And there they are, checked for size, sizing again. And also we put these tags. Ah. These are, these are. this is called Saisha India, not for sale and B. It'll be a B cup, so let's put a B. And we put a tag saying Saisha India, not for sale. Because in, in India, anything you give to the hospital will be sold. <laughs> and the patient may not be aware of it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. this ensures the patient that it is free. Okay. And but yes, so so the yarn is bought by the volunteers. Mm -hmm. We have approved vendors for the yarn mm -hmm. uh, because not all yarn suits the knockers. It's yeah. very rough. So yeah. we have approved cotton yarn vendors, and you have to once you are approved to make knockers, you need to approach the vendors, get the yarn, and then make it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And uh, as far as sizes go, sizes vary. So it is the filling that needs to be removed for adjusting it to the individual size of the breast. Uh, we have four sizes generally, A, B, C, and D cups. Okay. And yes, we overfill everyone so that you can change. We do, while we dispatch, we have a small sheet of instructions we send along with it in bilingual in 10 languages we've got it. Oh, so okay. this has also been translated by our volunteers. Oh my God. This is like in the papers, like instruction manuals. Yeah. Okay. We have one sheet instruction on an A4 paper, yeah. which is one side is English. The other side would be the language of the person. Like, again, that is because of my exposure to people. I think I'm able, I do the, I do the dispatches. Okay. And now because, yeah, I've taken a break now. There's somebody else in Chennai who does it, but mm -hmm. we have to train them how to do it. Mm -hmm. And uh, the dispatches, I look at the person's name, the place they are staying, and decide on the language that goes in with them. 
So we have got a 10 languages, like all the Southern languages, uh, Tamil, Telugu, Kannada, Malayalam. Uh, we have Hindi, Gujarati, Marathi. We have uh, uh, Bengali, Assamese. So far, we've got it in nine languages in the, the instruction sheets. And our videos, we have videos about what is a knocker. That okay. is in 10, 10 languages. That is also on YouTube. Okay. Videos have been made by our volunteers okay. who do the talking about the knockers in the 10 languages. Hmm. So, and then we send instructions as to how to resize it. We have, hmm. in, we have YouTube on how to resize the knockers hmm. because hmm. we overfill because the fiber is not available and you can keep the fiber aside. Uh, and once you wash it for about, this is hand washable. Hmm. And for six to seven months, maybe it gets a little softer, in which case we need to fill a little more fiber. But the whole trick in the fiber is every time you use the fiber, you remove it, see how it has now caked up. Mm. You have to just fluff it out. Mm. And then it becomes bigger. Okay, okay. So the trick is you have to take it out, do this and refill it. And then it is softer. Okay. Otherwise it becomes a little lumpy because okay. of wash. And I we advise only hand wash, not machine wash. Mm. Because machine wash is too rough on the knocker and it separates. Okay. And we... And these knockers last about 18 to 24 months, one, oh. one piece. Oh, okay. And we give two pieces to a single mastectomy and four to a double. Okay. Yeah, okay. we have double people also coming in. Okay. okay. You send it to the hospital or the NGO that coordinates this entire supply. So the, do they give you the names of who it's going to? How do you decide the languages, the NGOs from... Maharashtra, then you give it in Marathi, is it? That's how it is? How, how? Yeah, we have two methods of working generally. Uh, we have patients approaching us directly and we have a template of the data that we need, like name, address, phone number, uh, bra size, cup size, uh, hospital, doctor, and if they have taken a knocker from us earlier, because we are getting uh, those knockers we gave out in 2018 and 19 have come back now. People are coming back for asking yeah. us again. So we just like to know when it is coming in. So that is there. And this is a template we give to the uh, doctors and ask them if there are any patients. We just, we have made flyers, digital flyers, as well as uh, uh, what do you call physical flyers, which we give the doctors and ask them to put it in their clinics maybe. Mm -hmm. So patients, because this is such a personal thing, nobody wants to ask. So when yeah. they read it, they'll directly call us up. So we have digital files, which we say, please send it to your WhatsApp groups. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that anybody can call me up and we either we, they have to email us these details and we send them a pair of knockers or the hospitals, if they want to take the responsibility of dispersing it to the patients, they can do so. They need to email us that and we will send them say maybe 20 or 30 pairs and over a period of a couple of months, they can keep it and they need to give us the name of the patient the phone number, address, and the size. Same thing that we ask, the same thing that we ask them. So, and the date of dispatch. We have an Excel sheet where we ask the person in the hospital to send us that maybe once a month or once in two months, just before they want to refill. And we have now, we have got, uh, we are, I think we only got about one NGO, which is uh, uh, the Sanjeevri Life After Cancer is only one that is sort of, Ruby Alwalia is a person heading it and she has, connected up to some of her volunteers in these hospitals in in uh, northern side and the west, central India, mm -hmm. like uh, Jaipur, Rajasthan, Chandigarh, Delhi, and these places. They are not volunteers. I think they are all employed, paid staff. Mm -hmm. uh, they are the ones who give it in the, they go to the hospitals. They go there for other work, like they are providing financial relief and other things to them. So they have the patients there and they, they give it to them and give us a list. Same way they give us a list. Every, oh, kind of every coordinate. Yeah. So they do the coordinate. coordinate the whole, yeah, they coordinate the whole thing for us. Okay. And yeah, this is how we generally work. And there's one, now we've given one NGO in, uh, in Calcutta also, they are doing it. Although we have approached the hospital directly, these people also came and they said, we'll add on two more hospitals. We said, fine. But this is the way we work. And um, yeah, we have... Uh, last month, we gave two pieces. We sent a couple of pieces to Kashmir. I was really surprised. Mm. Yeah, it has gone all the way to Kashmir. Uh, we have reached a lot of places in Northeast. We have got a few places, Assam, Bengal, <clears throat> all over. It's, it's just all over.
you know, this, this journey seems magical that when you set out on it, you had no clue. You just wanted to be of some use and make a difference. And the way it has gone is beyond you. For me, uh, what I can uh, put it together is from the Bhagavad Gita where uh, Krishna tells Arjuna, Nimitta matram just be my nimitta, my instrument, and the rest will be taken care of. So this is such a clear and pure case of you being an instrument of the divine will and working this and to help you are all the volunteers and everybody who came into the fold. The, you said, uh, Jayashree, that Saisha thrives because of its volunteers. So what's the current number of volunteers and how many countries are they spread in? We are about 400 and growing. Hmm. Uh, not all of them work all the time. Although I say uh, you won't leave Saisha, so they don't need Saisha, but I'd like all of them to start working uh, because there's no target for any of them. Uh, but I, I, I don't know if I mentioned uh, one kilo of yarn around about 1200 rupees can give us 40 pieces, uh, be it either crochet or knitting, roughly 40 pieces, which means you're helping 20 people. So 1200 rupees is something in a year is something all of us I think is doable. It's about 100 rupees a month when I don't uh, put a value on your time and effort that you make. So that is doable and you're helping so many people. Uh, so I want the volunteers to mentally make up a mind of their own to say that I'm going to give 40 pieces a year to Saisha. You can give it in one month, you can give it in six months, you can give it in 12 months. I don't mind. But I need at least 40 pieces from each volunteer. Uh, the volunteers, are all of them are not doing that. But yeah, I hope I can motivate them to start redoing whatever they have not done. Uh, and then we have um, volunteers are there all over India, all over India. And we have a lot of volunteers in the Middle East. We have in Abu Dhabi, Dubai, Muscat, Kuwait, Singapore. There's one volunteer in the US who sends me the knockers made in the US to India. She shuttles between India, uh, US and Singapore and she buys a yarn, which is approved by the knittedknockers.org. Uh, and she makes the knockers. See, when you say you don't have, as I said, resource, she finds people to carry knockers to India and post it to me. What do you say about that? Yeah. I mean, people traveling abroad say we don't have space. But she's managing to send me at least 30 or 40 knockers each time. Mm -hmm. From somebody or the other, I'll hear all over the country, I'll get a post. I mean, a blank, you know, uh, her name will be inside, outside there'll be nothing. Address will come. But I knew this is from so-and-so because she's the one who does that. Uh, and then we have all over the country, all over, uh, yeah, we have these countries where people are coming in. Mm, yeah, there are about yeah 400 or plus and we are growing. Yes. And uh, we have so far given out more than, I think around about 12,000 knockers. In the last five years? Uh, yeah, the last five years. With more than 6,000 people we have helped, that is 6,000 at least. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, last five years, but actually the last, uh, from 2022, it has really grown. And the 2023, we have, it's grown a lot, a lot more. We are growing and we want volunteers to see, let us have those knockers coming in so that we are able to help more people. That I'm into that prayer and I'm sure you'll find all and more Pandemic was a very tough period for everybody. Now for Saisha, when uh, you are doing this and everything went on a lockdown, how did that phase of uh, Saisha and the pandemic go together? Did it go together? Were there difficulties? I think it was a wonderful period for us because we all learned to go on virtual platform. <laughs> okay. It wasn't, it was not possible otherwise. So many of us, you know, that's when we started our training on the virtual platform. And oh. we all educated ourselves as to how to use Zoom or Google Meet yeah. and do this. Yeah. I would think it was a learning period and I was very happy we went through it. Hmm. I mean, uh, part, let yeah. alone the, you know, yeah. the yeah. real difficult period all of us had. Yes, mm -hmm. and we had always told people, we, even today we ensure that our volunteers don't physically go out much hmm. and meet unless, you know... Especially, the, we have a lot of old uh, volunteers in our 50 plus 60 range. Mm -hmm. And we don't advise them to go out. Yeah, yeah. We right. tell them, no, please don't. Stay at home. Do whatever you can from home. You just give us a contact numbers. 
we try to do all of our, uh, uh, what do you call, manage all our requests and all through either phone or emails. And the dispatch of it? How do they, how does dispatch, it reach you? Yes, dispatch, I, we go to the post office. We'd use a registered parcel of the post office, Indian okay. Postal Service. And fortunately, I have a post office very close to my house that, and I've been doing it for five years from there. And that's how even oh my God, the you know what, Jayshree, life has come a full circle. The service that you grew up being part of is now such an integral part of what you're doing. Yes. Wow. I was just I was just telling the post office the other day, my dad would have been so happy to know I come every I come once a week, I go to the post office just mm -hmm. to hand over. And they have also been extremely good to us. I mean, mm -hmm. that is a place where they don't take more than you know five or six packets at a time. Yeah. But when I go at a particular time in the morning, early morning, and there's nobody there, I just have to wait. And even if it's about 15 or 20 parcels, they take it. Hmm. I mean, they have not never raised a, a voice on against it. Yes, they know what I'm doing and they have accepted it. And I have now, there is a facility I'm, we, have, we are aware of now where they come home and collect the parcels. And oh. yes, I have, I've spoken to somebody and it has just started. We, they come home and collect the parcels once a week. So... Wow. For me, as it's getting older, we are getting older and it's difficult to go out in the post office and stand and, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. I find it's much easier. But everywhere, I tell you, it's unbelievable. It's been, as you said, it's been truly magical, unimaginable how it worked. And mm -hmm. it has worked. And yeah. I have faith that we are doing something, it will work. And the pandemic had, had really helped us in becoming... Uh, technically more aware of how we can approach people. Hmm. Yes. And there are many volunteers I haven't met at all in my hmm. five years. There's just a handful I have met. I haven't met them. We've always been on the virtual platform. And they say, Jeshi, when we meet, they say, doesn't look like this is the first time I'm meeting you. Seems we've been met before. I said, yeah, because we see every every day on the video. <laughs> we, we know each other. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, not, it's not been, a, it's been, I think it's been quite okay for us. The pandemic except for the fact that we couldn't go to the hospital, go and reach the patients. But the patients did call us and we were sending them the knockers. And we do advise them to wash knockers before they take it on. We did have the, the, the complete uh, shutdown that was there for the first, I think, six months or so. Mm -hmm. Three, three uh, months. We did stop. First three, four months. Yes, yeah, we yeah. stopped. We did stop. And we had a trickling going on. I mean, I wouldn't say it was 500 or so because... It was in the 20, 2020 was not that much. We were sending out maybe three or four in a week, but yes, it was going out. Okay, okay. And uh, the recognitions that have come at, on the path, because when you do such human service without any kind of returns in mind, I'm sure there are certain moments that are priceless for you. What have such moments been, Jeshu? The, I would say this was the most uh, recognition by any form is something everybody would like to have. But personally, I don't like it at all because mm -hmm. I'm sort of projecting, you're projecting me, which is actually not right. You should be projecting the entire Saisha group mm -hmm. because without them, nothing would have happened. I mean, I alone could never have done all this. You know, it's not possible. So I don't, I don't like the recognition that I get, but uh, but my volunteers tell me, no, Jashi, you have to get it only then people know. I said, no, I actually, even, even the interviews that people are calling us for, I, I'm not suggesting that our volunteers, one of them, two of them go and do it. And um, of late, recently, I had a recognition, which uh, <laughs> was a very amusing thing in the sense, uh, this happened only on for Women's Day. It was on, on March 8th, March 11th, I got it. Um, it was from one of the trusts. I don't know if I can name the trust. It was from the uh, Govani Trust at Bombay. Mm -hmm. uh, Kamla Mills, they have the Kamla Mills uh, family group. Uh, I got a call from one of them, one of their people. Uh, she just called up and she said, uh, you're Jayashree? I said, yes. Speaking to Saisha India, I said, yes. Um, uh, we have selected you for an award from the president. Will it be possible for you to come on the 8th of March? I said, yeah, let me see. And uh, because I, I, then I, I said, no, I'm not here for any award. I'm sorry, I don't want your award. Uh, I'm, I'm only here to create the awareness. You're aware of us that happy, I'm happy enough. I'm not looking for the award. She said, no, we have selected you. We have been observing you for the last couple of years and uh, we have chosen you and 
you'll be receiving it. I said, okay, let me see. And my husband happened to overhear the conversation because I was on speakerphone. Most of the time I put it on speaker because uh, he does all the admin administration and, you know, he's uh, the planning ahead he does. Mm -hmm. So it's, instead of repeating it, it's, he hears it directly. Then he said, you know, Jayashi, she's saying the president of India. I said, no, it must be the, this president. Then I asked her, which president, what president? Uh, she said, the president of India. I said, okay. Then he said, you are saying you're going to look at your calendar and tell her that? No way. <laughs> then uh, I said, which president? She said, president of India. I said, okay, I, I, I can make myself free. That's what I told her. Because, uh, I mean, that was something, that is the way I look at the award. And that was something that was very special in the sense, if you could be watched over a period of a couple of years and you've been called up for that. And yes, of course, the president could not come on that day. I got it from, I think, uh, Mauritius Prime Minister, Chief Prime Minister, President, Minister of Mauritius for something in Mauritius had come up. But that was a different thing. It was a very, uh, very nice uh, thing. We went to Delhi, we had the whole thing and they gave us a big shield and they gave me a placard and you know it was a nice uh, event but it was very unexpected and the fact that that was what really I liked about it was that they'd been watching us for a couple of years and they liked the way we functioned and they genuinely found us to be doing what we said we were doing uh, so that was a very special moment no doubt about it uh, I hope it has helped Saisha and going forward that is all I can say yeah, I'm, I'm sure it has. And apart from uh, this moment that you just shared, any story of a patient who called you and uh, thanked you or uh, patients who call and thank you for what you're doing? A lot, of them, a lot of them. Many of them call up. And uh, they call and they send a message otherwise on WhatsApp. I received an offer. Thank you so much. God bless your team. I mean, all these are there in our YouTubes. We have put them on our YouTube. And okay. many of them are calling us. They say, you don't, and there are some, I mean, there are some stories which I don't want to, uh, they're very sad. They're very, some sadistic people are there, the family. And uh, the surprising, the wonderful thing is uh, when I talk to a patient, like when I get an email or something and I'm not sure of something, I do call up a patient or sometimes a patient calls up saying they want a knocker and they don't know how to go about it. And then I talk to them and tell them how to go about it. And some of them just open up. A floodgate opens out and they're just pouring the heart out. Yeah. And sometimes I have been on a call like that for more than 45 minutes. And it's just that they were very upset about some things that are happening and they just wanted to talk to somebody. Yeah. I just listened to it. And there are some cases when I haven't been able to sleep for two days from what they've told me. And that some of these stories, I try and share it with our volunteers so that they get to know how much the little effort they put in makes a change in the life of somebody. Yeah. But I've heard a lot of stories and uh, some of them are very painful. And I'm, I'm, that only makes me more, you know, sort of uh, motivates me to do more for this cause that is going on. And in general for women, yeah. and I, I tell I tell them, I mean, it's, it's very sad that we have grown so much in so many ways and the woman is still not free to open up and talk. Yeah. And uh, I was fortunate to have a family which allowed that, you know, that is something, there's absolutely nothing we can't discuss at home. Even my children, we are able to discuss anything at home, but that's not the case in many families. Yeah, And it's very sad. So, yeah, that's very We true. do have stories. Yes, yes. Because uh, when I was speaking to an oncosurgeon, he was talking about how there are so many women who hesitate to undergo the mastectomy because the breast is such an integral part of being a woman. And they yeah. feel that if that is not there, then the, being a woman itself is lost. So when one, I tell... one story, which regarding this, you know, one story, which was uh, a, a lady who was a, who comes from very low not she. I won't say she's poor. She's just a little above the poverty line. She's working in a very small school setup, some midday meal scheme or something like that. And uh, she got. I gave her a knocker, and she calls me up after about 15, 20 days or thirty days. When I don't remember exactly, she was so happy. I said. She said, "I'm so happy. Thank you so much." I said, "Very good. I'm glad I could help you." 
uh, in an Indian little way. She says, um, no, no, you know what happened when I, I, I wore your knocker and I went to my workplace and uh, some of the ladies there are asking me, you said you're going for breast cancer. You don't seem to have gone for anything. Everything seems normal. She says, I was so happy. I mean, that I get goosebumps when I tell you this because yeah. that is what makes you happy too because to a, for somebody who, her friends knew that she was going for a mastectomy. They say, you don't look like you had a mastectomy. What are you saying you had a mastectomy? Yeah. So she was so happy. So it was so natural. Yeah. Uh, there are quite a few after that. This I, I, I really remember because she comes from the very poor class who's not a very well-educated and yeah. she's not aware and for them to have said this was something really good yeah. and we have come across a few people who say we are now we wear t-shirts and nobody knows it and we also call these knockers huggable you know why they are huggable <laughs> because when you hug a person who's had a knocker in it in place of a breast they say you won't know the difference oh okay so this is from uh, one of our volunteers who is also a beneficiary, uh, she said, it's it's that, I mean, these are some things which everybody will not tell you, right? Yes. Nobody's going to tell you. She is very, she is one of our volunteers who um, started off, she was a beneficiary who asked me for a knocker. And when she said, I told her what I was doing and how I was going about it. She already knitted a knocker before I sent her one. And she's joined us as a volunteer. Okay. And yeah, so she said, Jeshi, this is huggable. Do you know how? Yeah. I said, yeah, how? I don't understand. Because when you hug me, you wouldn't know where I put my knocker or my breast. I said, okay. <laughs> so that is a talk we have. So not many can talk that way. So we call them huggable. That is the reason we call them huggable. And our volunteers who are doing this work are pretty open about talking about this. We have no qualms about, we don't have, we don't feel shy or embarrassed. We are okay with talking with any crowd that comes in. Man, woman, child, boy, girl, everything. They, everybody needs to know what is happening. So yeah. we are open with it. Wow. I have gone to a college of students, uh, teacher's college, and I did have uh, this thing. And there were quite a few boys there. I said, I'm going to talk about something which you may find embarrassing. You may not find your parents or your mother talking to you about. But this is something you need to know. And I told them about the breast cancer and what they have to do and what are the precautions they need to take or you know, the screening that needs to be done at certain ages very compulsively. And after the meet, a couple of boys did come up to me and said, thank you very much, ma'am. We were not aware of all this. Mm -hmm. And now we'll make sure that our mothers go in for that screening. I said, glad my day is done because that's all I wanted. A class of maybe 150, even one comes up and tells me this. I'm happy because it's done. That means the message has reached you. And yeah. the boys were really happy that we call, I called because those two boys said, nobody will ever talk about this in the open. I said, yes, I told you in the beginning that I will embarrass you. That's <laughs> it. But this is some, a learning lesson. It has to be done. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So uh, at this moment, reflections. So did the pandemic, yes, it was a good time where there were a lot of things you learned, but there were, were was there anything you took away from the pandemic, uh, Jayashree, for you, your team, your work, that the pandemic was the reason many of us paused what we were doing to take a look at life and reflect. So was there any reflection from the pandemic that you would like yeah, to Yeah, I think all of us realized that we need to be in touch more. Uh, in any form, word, virtually, physically, whatever, because life was really too short. And all of us did realize that. Many of us have realized that. And uh, and they have, I would think our volunteers are more careful about their health now. They, they do take steps to see that they are keeping healthy. And uh, that is one thing I've been trying to uh, make all our volunteers go for a mandatory mammogram. But it's a very difficult, uh, question I mean very difficult task because uh, in spite of being volunteers for breast cancer many of them do not want to go for a mammogram yeah and that is something I want to stress it is absolute I'm, I said I think I'll put in a line that you want to volunteer for us if you're over 45 you need to give me a mammogram certificate mm -hmm. I think I'm going to do that because it's I even thought of you know giving them all a vouchers and having 
screening vans come by where you can do a free screening or a very nominal price. I'm thinking about it for this year, but it's 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 they need they have become a little more careful. But yes, mammogram is something they are still hesitant about, and I wish that can be made mandatory. As we come to the end of the conversation, three life lessons that you would like to leave us with. One and most important is persistence. Whatever you do, you need to be at it. You may not receive accolades or you may not receive the benefit that you look for in the first two, three goals. You have to be at it and you have to be heart and soul. You have to put into it, put your work. This is for anything that you do, be studies or work or whatever you do. And it's the same thing. You have to be persistent, like even knitting of the knockers. Like when I started, I may have to have report maybe three or four times in spite of knowing how to knit. So that persistence is very important. And uh, in your effort, you're putting your 100% for your effort. And another thing I've learned is, uh, maybe this is something I have always, I've always followed these things, you know. So it is nothing, uh, I would say nothing new to me, but I think many people need to know that uh, another very important thing is the 24 hours is a time that is there for everyone. Many a time I get the thing that I don't have time. I said 24 hours is a day for everyone. How you manage your time is very important. You can give, you can do everything that you have in the 24 hours that you have. It's possible. It's just time management that needs to be done. And when it comes to volunteering, I think the time management is very important. However busy a person may be, I'm sure you can give volunteering 10 to 15 minutes in a day. When it comes to Saisha volunteering, I say knitting or crocheting an occur. Just give me 20 minutes of your time in a day. I guarantee you can make one knocker in a week and you can make four knockers in a month. They tell me, but you said there is no target. We don't have a target. Yeah, but I want you to make a mental target that you'll give me one kilogram worth, one kilogram yarn worth knockers, which is 40 pieces. That is all I want you to give me every year because I won't let you go. Right, so time is something you can manage. And resources also I found when you do something for a good cause, and you do it with heart and soul and you're very transparent about it. You don't expect anything in return, but the fact that you want to do good. Money, people, everything comes to you. The universe sends you everything. You have to be aware that it is coming and use it at the right time. It's also people. And this says money is resource. Money is main, but that comes. I just have to put out a word that I need some funds and I just funds just flow in. But people also and the energy to do things. It is there. So it's a matter of you deciding to do something good for society, not expecting anything in return. Do it because you are you enjoy doing it and you'll find that your path is cleared for doing whatever you want to do. This applies to anything in life, not just. But I think every person should do one good deed a day. And uh, I always have told my children this because uh, a very old relative of mine gave the suggestion, which I thought was very good. Do one good deed a day. What is a good deed? For a child, helping somebody cross the road, that's a good deed. You have taken your time to understand that person has difficulty in crossing the road. Just cross the road with that person. That is your good deed. You share something that you're eating with someone for in school, in college, whatever. Somebody who's hungry, give them a meal. Now, when I go out in the auto in Bombay, I take bottle, spare bottle of water. In the summer months, just give a bottle of water to somebody standing there. That is all the good deed. It doesn't take any effort from you. No money is involved. You just sort of think out of the box and help people. That's it. And everything works. And with all this knitting and crochet, is there something you do for little children as well in the hospital? Yeah. Yes, we are doing We are doing these. They're called beanies. And they're also made of 100% moisturized cotton. We yeah. have these in four sizes, small, medium, large, and extra large. Mm. We give this to the pediatric cancer children under the age of 12. Okay. So there are a few, and this also is going through hospitals or through NGOs. We have we have tied up with St. Jude's India, mm. and they have what twelve institutions in all India where we give it to them and they distribute it to their children. Mm. And uh, yeah, we give it every quarter. They say there are four four hundred children every month oh. in these institutes, all of them. Okay. That's a lot of children with cancer, child, yeah. and all sorts of cancer for the children. But this yeah. is what we are doing. And we are getting requests from adults and I refuse to give it to the women. I tell them you need to be bold, wear a scarf and say you are a cancer survivor. You yeah. need, that is what I tell them. I refuse to give uh, the adult ladies. I say, be bold. Yeah, be bold and carry it off and say, yes, you're a cancer survivor. 
because that is the only thing that people will understand that you are a warrior. You don't need a scarf. You wear a scarf, that's enough. Your hair grows back. Your hair True. grows back in about six months. So you don't need to yeah. worry about it. Children, we, do, we give colors. We are very specific, colorful. And we take colors that are not toxic. Uh, we are very particular about the dye that is used in these colors. They should not be toxic for the kids. And uh, we have some brighter, we don't have too many bright colors, but it's definitely colors we're giving. Thank you so very much, Jayashree. Finally, this is happening. Like you said, the time had come and everything just fell in place. God bless you for the work that you're doing and give you more power. And like you said, one good deed a day makes your 24 hours worth it. And uh, the spirit of yours, I think, is a blessing. So thank you for spreading all that you're you're doing, you're spreading with cheer and may Saisha thrive and do all that it can to make a difference and bring smiles to the faces of people yeah. who need that so badly. Yes. Thank you so very much for being who you are. Honored to have had you on you and I, Mitrashri God bless you, Jayashree. God you. really bless you. With that, we come to the end of this weekly quest of You and I with Rashmi Shetty. Do let us know if you know people who make the world beautiful. Write in to rashmi.thethirdeye at gmail.com That is R-A-S-H-M-I dot T-H-E-T-H-I-R-D-E-Y-E at gmail.com Come! Let's explore this amazing world together, both you and I.